Envision will be joining the 36th edition of CSUN Assistive Technology Conference. Sign up and visit us at our virtual booth from March 9th until March 13th and get a chance to win a pair of Envision glasses or a year's subscription of the Envision app. Register now. Hello everybody, welcome to the Envision podcast. My name is Karthik and I will be your host for today's episode. On this platform, we talk about uh, people who are visually impaired and bring a positive impact to the community. And we hope today's guest would also help us do the same. With me today, I have Lex, who is a Paralympics champion in the long jump category. And he's currently the world record holder in this category as well. In recent times, uh, he's been taking lessons that he's learned on the field and also helping others overcome their obstacles by being a motivational speaker. So welcome, Lex. We're really happy to have you with us on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So, you know, we I kind of want to start off at the beginning of your life and uh, work ourselves forward from that point on. Just wanted to know a little bit about your background and your childhood and, and what was like, you know, things growing up. Yeah, definitely. So I'm here in the United States. And I grew up in North Carolina, in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is the capital city of the state. And as a kid growing up, I was doing everything from playing video games to running outside with friends to riding bicycles, having a a really great time. I loved sports from an early age. So I actually used to play recreational baseball and participated in and just fun games of, of basketball outside. We would play dodgeball and things like that. So definitely was a, certainly an active kid. And there was one day that I had come home from school, went through my normal routine. That night, as I was preparing for bed, I started noticing that I was, my sight was blurred and things were looking very faint and that was my my first my first experience or realization that oh something's wrong with my eyes um my mom took me to the doctor and after an examination they said i needed to have an emergency operation because i was suffering from retina detachments mm-hmm. all right and how old were you when when this happened i was i was eight years old Wow, that's, uh, yeah. that really is quite a lot to process when you're an eight-year-old, right? And how, what was your initial reaction to that? How did you actually cope with the sight loss when you were seven, eight years of age? Certainly a lot of different feelings, right? You, you feel uncertainty, you're scared, you, you have a lot of questions going on in your head as to what's going on because literally hours before on that day, everything was just fine. Now I was in this space where, okay, well, how are we going to fix this? And I had to lean on the strength of my mom and, and uh, so many different people and God and, and, and the doctors specifically were there to help from a medical standpoint, being able to fix the retina detachments. So I endured 10 operations. I would go to the to the hospital, go into the operating room. Everything seemed like it would be successful after each one. I could see well for about three to four weeks. But after that time, 
my sight would get blurred again and things would look faint in those times even more than what it was the the previous time so the doctors were were definitely very dedicated and wanted to to fix the issue but after the 10th operation they said they couldn't do anything else to help the help the situation yeah when you were talking about this you did mention about your mother's role and your family support and i know that a lot of people in the envision community really do rely on the support of their families to cope with something like this and was that a huge part of your life and did that also eventually lead you to sports yeah i, I think that's a, a really good point your family definitely you would you would hope that that family helps out a lot there the people who you spend a lot of time with for me i spent a lot of time with with my mom and and having that consistent example daily example of someone who you see going to work coming home making sure that you have food still continuing to take me to to parks and going outside with me and playing and and my mom we spent a lot of time together when i was when i was growing up and and she certainly played a huge role when we talk about sports because my mom's side of the family is the athletic side so they've played it off from softball to baseball basketball uh, very 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 active family even my aunt's uncle grandmother i, I could sit around <laughs> at my grandma's house and listen to my aunties and uncles talk about the days when they played sports so i know that's where the athletic genes come from interesting and when i was uh, reading about your story i was really fascinated because you picked up long jump right was that the first sport that you that you picked up or was that fascination that happened slightly later on i don't know a lot of athletes who probably just pick up long jump as, as a thing when they were a kid yeah that's a really good question and <laughs> as someone who's blind you you would think that that there would be another event or something else that someone would choose before running down a runway and and hurling themselves in the air uh i think so prior to me even being introduced to long jump as a kid you're running around you're jumping off of the the couch and the uh the, you know maybe the coffee table and just pretending that you're a superhero and and kids imaginations are just so so vast and so illustrious so as a kid i was running around and jumping there was this big ledge in front of our apartment building where um i used to i used to jump off of that that ledge daily there was grass below probably mm-hmm. a, a three foot high ledge and and that's really where i got that feeling of, of flight running and jumping off of that and, and spreading my arms like wings and and hoping that one day I would be able to fly. So fast forward to when I was in grade school, we had to participate in this fitness test where you had to do a number of different activities like like pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, and one of the one of the activities was standing long jump. You stand in one spot, arms back, knees bent, boom, and you you jump forward as far as you can. and uh i i just so happened to have one of the the best jumps in in the entire school and that's what prompted my teacher Brian Whitmer to tell me about the paralympics and uh you know he told me that hey you can go to the games you can break records you can win medals you can represent team usa you can travel the world from there it was him showing me the long jump 
introducing me to the event and us developing a method so that I could participate in the event. So when you started off or when you had this fascination for long jump in grade school, what kind of support system was there around you and how much of that really shaped your mindset? Because you did mention that it's not the most obvious kind of sport that you would expect a blind and visually impaired person to be attracted to. And I'm really curious to understand what kind of support system you had around yourself to get you to the point where you could think I can go out and and achieve things in this sport that other people might think uh, is not possible for me to do yeah so the gentleman that i mentioned brian whitmer he was my teacher of the visually impaired but he i want to say his master's degree was in adaptive sports and recreation so he had a lot of knowledge about being able to adapt different different sports different events and ultimately figuring out figuring out a solution to a problem we had a problem if you will how am I going to help this kid who's who's visually impaired successfully navigate from from point A to point B without getting hurt, without him you know, falling down or anything like that? He developed this, this strategy to stand at the takeoff point, the takeoff board where I'm supposed to jump from, and he's clapping and yelling. So that gives me that audible reference, the audible cues. I know which direction to run. From there, it's me remembering how many steps I I take, how many strides, and at the appropriate stride, then then I jump and and fly through the air. He was literally the the springboard for all of that. I think that within his his education and and probably experiences that he's gone through, he was able to to really get me to the point where I could not only trust him, but trust in myself and trust in my abilities to get out there and you know, put forth the, the absolute best effort. And, uh, and, and to your point, getting to, getting to that point where my mindset was shifted, my attitude changed, and it became something that I eventually believed that I could do. I said, yeah, you know, I, I, can, I can be successful in this. Interesting, because, you know, that was also a little bit of my next question. When I was looking through the work that you did as an athlete, and I saw that you were really starting to compete at, I would say, like a world-class level, you know, you were competing with athletes from across the world, and you did spectacularly well in these competitions as well. What aspects of your life do you really have to improve to prepare yourself to become a world-class Paralympian? If there was an athlete that's starting out today, wanting to get to the same you know, heights that you are, you want to get to. How do you really become or, or improve yourself to get to the point where you want to be world-class? Yeah, so I mean, the obvious ones are, especially in the realm of Paralympics, you, you need to work out, you need to train, you need to really push yourself from a physical standpoint and whatever it is, your, your destination that is, you need to make sure that the things that you're doing are relative to helping you travel down this path to get to that destination. But I think the, the key to all of this success is your mentality and how you choose to look at the destination and, and the journey ahead. And, and even within all of that, how do you 
see yourself? How do you view yourself? Do you see yourself as a champion? Do you see yourself as someone who, who has immense strength and power and ability and potential? Do you, do you see yourself as, as someone who has endless potential? I think that having that type of mindset really, that helps to set the, the foundation and the framework for being able to, to push forward. Because if you don't see yourself in a positive light, and if, if you know you allow your circumstances to really dictate your, your progress, then you'll be in much more of a, a challenging type of space versus having a, a mindset of, I can do this. And I know that I have what it takes inside. I have the people around me who believe in me, who are investing time in me. Those moments when when I feel down and I, I do feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders, let me lean on these people because they they see something within me, and they want to ensure that I continue to be to be successful. So ultimately, I think the source for all of the success happens in in the mind, which is what my mom, Coach Whitmer, and and so many other people have have helped in my life. You know, help to to really get that that mind in a in a great space. Yeah, and 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 I can imagine that when you get to that great space, you start to do some incredible things. Like for example, and in your life, if I look at it, I can definitely see the whole twenty two feet bearer jump. You became the first ever visually impaired athlete to ever long jump the twenty two feet bearer, and and that is an an awesome feat. When you got to that point, did you think this is the most that I could get to, or or this is the high point of my life? How did you start to look at things forward from that point on? It must have been definitely a huge deal for you. Yeah, it's it's satisfying. It's, it's, it's definitely fulfilling, I think. But I don't believe that we reach perfection. I think that there's always something to improve upon. There's always a way to get better. For me as an athlete, that's that's really my goal. I want to be better than what I was the day before and two days before last week. Each day that that I'm here, I want to sharpen my craft, enhance my abilities, learn more, do as much as possible, be as as, as successful as, as possible. Um, and when we think specifically to long jump, when I had surpassed the 22 foot barrier, then my mind shifted to, all right, well, I'm trying to get past 23 now. And um, so it's just always trying to figure out a way to get better. You hear a lot of people say, you know, just 1% better. And that's, that's, that's a cliche that we hear a lot, but it's, it's totally true. It's just always trying to find some way to improve yourself. Yeah, you are right when you say that you want to get 1% better every day and then there is a mindset which always wants to improve. I think that kind of mindset also really helps when things aren't going well altogether, right? Because when I look at your life, we can talk about the year 2012 when things weren't going as well as it should be. I, I, I wanted to touch upon that particular year in your life. Yeah, absolutely. 2012 was a, was a great year in the sense of Things were were going amazing. Training was going good. 
we actually traveled to Canada to participate in the competition. In that competition, I was running the 100 meters. We're inside of the blocks. Gun goes off, pow. So now we're, we're ah, 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 running, running, running. Within that race, I want to say maybe a third of the way in, I felt a, a pop in my my leg. Fell to the ground. Trainers come over, checking out my leg, trying to figure out what the issue is. We end up flying back to California to the Olympic Training Center. I go through a number of tests, and it was discovered that I had a, a tear in my quad. That put me out of track for probably a month. I was off of the track. Right around the time that we were we were preparing for Paralympic trials, couldn't go to trials, couldn't compete. So the, the very thing that I'm used to doing, being out there and, and putting on display your, your athletic talents and, and, and really trying to, you know, number one, make that Paralympic Games team, I wasn't able to do that. That was really from a mental, from a mental standpoint, that's, that's really hard. Like you're, you're not able to do your job. Fortunately, I have some amazing, amazing medical professionals and physical therapists. So many, so many different people who say, you know what, this, yeah, there's, there's a problem here, but we're going to help you get through it. This is the plan that we're going to put into action. We're going to find as many, uh, or we're going to use as many recovery options that are available to us. You'll be good. You'll be able to return to the track uh, a month or so prior to the to the Paralympic Games, and, and you'll you'll be able to compete ultimately. And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember that process overcoming that injury, and and I'm not an, an injury prone type of person. I mean, that was the first time that I had ever endured something that that kept me off of the off of the track for a significant amount of time. So it was just a new experience something I never really dealt with before, which again, created a lot of that, the the negative thoughts that were rummaging around in my head. But um, it ended up, you know, it worked out well. I was able to, to get to the games. I got on the podium. And uh, I think at that time, as I stood there, it was a, you know, a moment where you realize that, hey, this, this, we had a problem, it was challenging, it was tough. And I'm saying that very much so as a, as an understatement. Um, it, it was, it was challenging, but the, the human will and human potential outweighs all of those things. So being able to stand on the podium and have that metal draped around my neck, I realized that no matter what it is, we have what it takes to to get through these challenging moments. It's just up to us to make that decision to to go after what it whatever that is and know that know and understand that there's gonna be some obstacles along the way. But uh, you know, really just saying to yourself, I'm not going to to allow those things to defeat me. I know there's something better on the other side. Yeah, and you know, it, it was a great 
come back eventually when I was looking at your career I could see the year after that you went on to get a gold medal at the US Paralympics track and field event and another uh, silver medal at the Rio the Olympics in Brazil when I look at all those moments and of course the 17 year championship record that you broke in 2019 there is that aspect of comeback and I also have a question about what is life for you now after sports? Are you still actively competing and are you looking to evolve to a life after sports? Because every athlete has a point where they'd be like, okay, I think I've, I've reached a point where I want to evolve myself from sports onto other things. And how is that for you today? Yeah, so I'm still actively, I'm still competing. I'm training right now for the Paralympics to be held in Tokyo this summer. I'm really excited about that, to have the opportunity to compete again It'll be my fifth Paralympic Games, which that's kind of crazy to think about that it's been that long. But I'm, I'm just fortunate, number one, that I learned about Paralympics at an early age. And number two, that I've been able to to last and, and physically and mentally been, been healthy and been able to maintain training and competition at a high level. I definitely think about that next stage of life transitioning from athletics to to just a, a non non-athlete life style um, I want to continue to speak I do a lot of speaking right now for different organizations and companies and colleges and corporate that's really fun I released a, a book in 2020 entitled fly that's available on all of the you know, major major bookstores platforms so that was that was a, a really cool achievement to to add to the to to knock off of the to-do list um but i want to write some more definitely have some more things that i want to share with the world and uh you know ultimately just really continue to carve out space on this on on this earth and uh continue to speak continue to write continue to figure out ways to, as we've been talking about in this conversation, continuing out, continuing to find ways to get better. Um, one thing though, that really did strike me when I was listening to a lot of the other podcasts that you were on and just reading about you was that you're all into uh, music, you know, yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I was, man, I was a, a little kid and my mom purchased this keyboard for me. I mm-hmm. remember I remember seeing that under the, the Christmas tree. I used to tinker around with it when I was younger, but once I started to lose my sight, I, I just stopped playing it. And uh, you know, years went by, and once I was in college, I picked it back up again. Um, just started, you know, started playing and and uh, circling back just a little bit. The reason that I think I didn't pursue it after I had lost my sight is because so many people, I think had these expectations of, okay, well, you're blind now. You can you can play the piano like Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles. And, and you know, I certainly didn't want that to just, to that. I didn't want that to be the narrative. Um, even though, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that people just expect for, oh, well, we've seen th- this blind person do this, so you can do that too. I wanted to figure out what my what my unique path for success was going to be, but um, music definitely is something I love. I like to listen to it. I have a couple keyboards in my room. 
that I like to play around with and and went and recorded some some songs uh and and the goal one of my goals that I didn't mention when I was talking about being a speaker and wanting to write more a goal of mine is to record a a project this year a musical project so really excited about that seeing how it will unravel I've been writing some things and and getting my thoughts together as to how I want the project to to look and feel and sound um so that's going to be really exciting and what kind of music uh, are, are you into it's definitely along the the lines of like R&B I really like good singers so uh, the project will be it'll be me singing of course you'll probably hear some piano up there you'll probably hear more of some uh synths and and other uh you know other other sounds percussion and all of those things um so yeah i mean it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together that's really interesting and it, and it's something that you should definitely let us know when it comes out and i would love to listen to it i want to end this uh, conversation by asking you one thing a lot of people listening to our podcast are, are blind and visually impaired people and and they're often told that you know they can only do certain things or rather they're advised not to do or they can't do other things or they're advised not to do other things you've in your life you've broken so many stereotypes you've you've really crossed so many boundaries and you continue to keep breaking them and evolving what would you say not just to blind and visually impaired people but to anyone who tries to put themselves in a box what's the one thing that you would say to be able to break out uh, of the box they put themselves in and and to go out and do things what's your one mantra if i if i can say that my mantra is no need for sight when you have a vision and i know coming from the blind and visually impaired community <laughs> you probably hear a lot of people or see other other blind and low vision people who have mantras that that include the word vision in some capacity um mine was never something that i wanted to be specifically for blind and visually impaired individuals no need for sight when you have a vision literally speaks to uh, no need for sight it's not the sight that determines our success it's not about what we see now because what we see now is changes on a daily basis you wake up some days it looks sunny outside you wake up some days it's gray outside you get on social media you may see things that give you hope you see things that make you sad sight speaks to what is our current reality but the second half to the mantra when you have a vision speaks to what you see past your current reality and what you what you want to see out of life vision speaks to what can be vision is your ability to see beyond the horizon your ability to see things before they exist when i had lost my sight the challenge was that i i couldn't see anymore and we live in this this visual world and i didn't have i didn't have my sight but what i learned is that everything amazing about this earth that we live on everything that has been created and everything that will be created it always starts with the vision you see that within yourself you see it within your other within others before it has the opportunity or the potential to transition into real life into physical form um so speaking on that when you when you have a vision you realize that 
or you have to realize that you can't do it alone. If it's something that's really going to to change the trajectory of, of culture and, and, and minds and, and shift perceptions, then you need other people. We all have things that we're good at. We have strengths, we have weaknesses. Where I'm weak, you'd be able to, you have, have some strengths that could compensate for those weaknesses. We find other people to your, to your left, to your right, you know, people in your circle who have diverse types of, of skill sets and talents. And when you put them all together, that creates the, the full spectrum of, of what's possible. And that vision that you saw in your mind, everyone has this, this quote unquote similar visual acuity and with all of these diverse characteristics and qualities that we bring to the table, we're able to achieve that much more. And uh, and again, you know, if it's something that is, is a true authentic vision, it's definitely going to change the landscape of, of how we think, how we live and, and how we operate and how we view the world at the end of the day. So um, my lasting word would be always focus on the vision sight is not the determining factor in whether or not we'll succeed and it's not to say that you won't experience any difficulties or obstacles of life but it is to say that vision allows you to see hope even when times are challenging it allows you to see that light at the end of the tunnel so whatever it is that you're going through at this at this particular time in life um, latch on to that vision, latch on to the people who help you see that vision and, and they'll be able to, to help you get through these, those trying times. That's amazing. I think no need for sight when you have vision is I think a great mantra for all of us, regardless of where we are in life. With that, I want to end the conversation. So thank you so much. I think this has been a really interesting conversation for me as I was reading through your life and I was also hearing it firsthand in the conversation. It's It's been really inspiring and thanks for speaking with us today and uh, giving a little peek uh, into your world as as a global athlete. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. To everyone uh, who's listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our talk with Lex Gillette. And for more inspirational talks, stay tuned. We'll be back every month with a new episode. Thank you so much. Envision will be joining the 36th edition of CSUN Assistive Technology Conference. Sign up and visit us at our virtual booth from March 9th until March 13th and get a chance to win a pair of Envision glasses or a year's subscription of the Envision app. Register now.